Yes, yes, this is chicken and beer. I am Jazz and Nish has got the lurgy this week, so I am flying solo. In this episode, we are going to be speaking to boxingwriter.co.uk's David Payne about the Tony Bellew and David Hay fight, which has been slated for March the 4th, and it's going to be big. There's going to be a lot of energy about this fight, a lot of mainstream interest. It's going to be a big, big event. Our NBA dude, Sal Mita of Sport Eagle TV, is going to be with us as well to chat about what's happening in the NBA over Christmas. So in August, when the schedule comes out or in the summer, they look at those two games. Who are you playing opening night and who are you playing on Christmas Day? And I'm going to go over a few things I've seen this week in social media about football because honestly, it's really pissed me off. So I want to go through it. All right, let's do it. Baby, baby. Even though Nish is up in bed ill or whatever it is that's wrong with him, I'm going to see if I can grab him a little bit later and we'll have a chat with him, see what's going on. I have to say, this is the final episode of Chicken and Beer for 2016. We're taking a little break for Christmas and New Year just to chill out a bit, get our drink on, maybe a little bit more than beer and definitely a lot more than chicken. There's going to be the turkey, potatoes, cranberry sauce, stuffing, all of that good stuff. Yeah, so we are taking a little break uh, just for a couple of episodes and we'll be back in the new year on the 20th of January. So before we crack on with today's episode, I just want to say a massive heartfelt big up to everyone who's been involved this year. Of course, David Payne and Sal Mita, who are on today, who are going to be joining us in just a bit. Our cricket dude, Mark Machado, big up. BBC Sports anchor Desai, uh, Alex Roberts from Vital England, Sport 360's Jens Hoiber, Kassam, give me the looch, give me the looch as well. Bandit Hage, Chud, Mark Newball, Big Up Fitness Trainer Lee Bennett. Shout out to Eric Lee Koo as well. Rob Lee, our WWE homie. Chris Foriam, Adam Comstiv, Rick Pearson, Josh Keeble, Danny Cook, Adnan Ilyas as well, and David Castle. Genuinely a heartfelt thanks to everyone who has joined us and helped us out on Chicken and Beer throughout the year. Big up yourself for listening as well. We started on April the 1st. We've been carrying on. It's been going very well. We've been having a lot of fun, a lot of chicken. And definitely a lot of beer as well. So we've definitely had a fun time as well. And of course, I've got to give a big up, whether we get him on later or not, to Nish as well, for pulling out the culinary skills almost every single episode. And of course, hooking up the beers as well. On that note, let's grab a beer. Okay, as it's Christmassy, right, we've got a massive bottle of Lefe in my fridge, which has got the um, like the champagne corkscrew top type thing on, which I thought we'd save for this episode because it's our final episode. But because Nish isn't with us, I thought we should probably leave that. Maybe that should be our first beer of the new year. So instead, I picked out today from the Black Sheep Brewery, Blitzen Ruby Christmas Ale. How about that? That's real festive, isn't it? Blitzen, if you don't know, okay, is the lesser known reindeer after Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and there's a couple of others as well I think one of them is called Comet to be honest I can't remember at this stage actually Nish would have chimed in and said this beer is like this 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 and this and all that good shit because he is obviously in the booze industry and he knows all of that so the best I can do for you with my Blitzen Ruby Christmas Ale is read a few bits of the label and pretend like I know what the fuck I'm talking about so it's 4% volume which is perfect I think on a school night obviously Gots to go to work tomorrow so you know don't want to be rolling with the hangovers and that uh what we got a collaboration with blitz and the reindeer the beer has santa's official approval 
Well, I'm a grad, but that's bloody got Santa's official approval. I didn't realize he was a big, a big beer drinker. I thought homie liked brandy, didn't he? Brandy, isn't it? What else we got? This cheeky festive number has been brewed using a blend of Cascade and Golding's hops and a hint of orange peel, nice, and Muscovado sugar. I mean, I don't know about that. Let's give it a crack though, see how we get on. Ooh. Ah, that's definitely strong, a lot different to what I would normally have. Actually, ah, uh, you know what? It's ale. I've, I should have I should have noticed that as well because normally um, when I'm picking stuff out, I normally pick beer. Uh, so this is ale. It's nice. It's quite strong. Um, I'm not I'm not saying it's not my bag, but um, it's different. It's definitely different. It's different. It, 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 I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. It's all right. Um, um, with the chicken. Obviously, you know, when it comes to the chicken, it's always every episode Nish who cooks up all the chicken. We throw the chicken dice. It gives us a, um, what's it called? A continent. That's right. I should know that. It gives us a continent that we uh, choose the recipe from. I'll be honest with you because I don't deal with that side of things. All I do is eat the chicken. I'll be honest. I can't remember last episode what the fuck we got, which continent it was when we threw the chicken dice. So I'm a little bit... I don't remember. But the point is, Nish dropped out on me like last night, so I didn't have time to whack anything up. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I can cook, I can definitely cook, but I'm not, you know, big Nish up, because I'm not, I'm not to his level of cooking. Definitely not. So normally what happens, right, when we record the show, I'm gonna give you a little, a little insight into my family life now, okay? Because I feel like uh, you've been listening all year and I think I need to give you like a few, few little extras. So normally what would happen, uh, my wife normally cooks and I normally eat dinner with my kids as normal. Uh, but when we are recording, uh, I skip dinner with them Nish comes over with the booze, Nish comes over with the chicken, and we just eat, you know, during whilst, whilst we're recording, so I don't have dinner uh, with my family. Um, so they have knocked up, real quick dinner today, uh, it's just some, some, some tomato pasta, uh, obviously the kids got, it's got to cut it with the kids as well, isn't it? So tomato pasta with some sweet corn as well, and garlic bread with the cheese all over it as well, melted on top. So I picked up today, uh, when I found out Nish wasn't going to be uh, on the show, um, some piri piri chicken. Yeah, so some like pre-made piri piri chicken, chopped that up real nice. It's got a little bit of spice to it, thrown it in into this pasta. Now, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the most difficult thing to do. It's very easy, yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, it should be all right, considering how simple it was to make, but um, yeah. So, Blitzen Ruby Christmas Ale, that's what we're rolling with, and I'm just going to call it Peri Peri Pasta Chicken. Boo! This past weekend, I just went to my first ever adult fancy dress party. I've been to one more before. That was my daughter's. She was four at the time, so not quite the same. But yeah, man, I was thinking about it for ages about what I was going to be. Um, and I thought, let me let me go back to the 80s with something because there was a theme. The theme uh, was Hollywood or Bollywood films. So I thought, let me go for Hollywood, right? So I really, you know, I was feeling the 80s. 90s is normally my thing. You would have heard us plenty of times on Chicken and Beer always reminiscing about the 90s but I went for the 80s when it came to films because I thought there would be things like Karate Kid, uh, Back to the Future, a few other bits like that. I actually opted for my first choice was to be Johnny from Karate Kid with the Cobra Kai black suit. Forget bloody daniel Sun, okay? He, nobody wants to be dressed like that, you know, at the end of the day he's a bit of a dick in the film, right? So you don't want to be wearing a simple white karate suit 
You don't want it. You want the black Cobra Kai with the Cobra on the back and the badges up the side. So checked it out. It looked pretty good and everything. But when you put like the, um, it's kind of like a vest top, isn't it? At the top, it was showing too much chest, man. And uh, I'm not rocking with the with the slim body at the moment. Maybe that'll be a New Year's resolution. And plus, uh, very hairy chest. I haven't waxed in a couple of years, genuinely. I, was, I used to wax all the time. But now I thought, let me go for something else a bit more covered up. So I came across Michael J. Fox. Teen Wolf, oh my god, it was sick. All you gotta do is right, put your own white height tops on, which I had the, the Nike one, so that was cool. Put your own jeans on, then you got the number forty-two Beavers basketball vest. Yeah, you got the Beavers uh, Letterman jacket on top. Then the best bits, you got the hairy gloves, and you got massive brown beard, and then you got the massive brown wig as well. I, I'm not trying to big it up. I looked the shit. Honestly, I picked up a small little basketball as well from the garden, right? Which I take down there as a prop to the party as well. I looked the shit. Seriously, wicked. So much so, when they were dishing out awards, who won? Who was representing chicken and beer with the uh, most creatively dressed? If you haven't worked it out, it was me. Yes, most creatively dressed at the 40th birthday party I went to a couple of weeks ago. That's my Christmas sorted. That's me dumb. That is one of the crowning achievements of my life, I would say. Probably in the top 10 or 12 or something like that. Definitely, yeah. You know the worst thing is? I didn't take any photos. That's the worst thing. My wife didn't take any photos. There was a professional photographer as well. I don't think, um, I don't even think he got me. You know what? I think everyone was hating. Everyone was hating on me because I looked the shit. They thought we don't want to take any pictures of him because we didn't put that much effort into our own costumes. So forget him. We're not going to big him up. But no, I was the best, oh, sorry, the most creatively dressed. So eat that. All right, let's start with some boxing then. And the stage has been set for what should be one of the biggest British fights of next year. Yep, we're talking about David Hay versus Tony Bellew at the O2 on March the 4th. And if you saw what happened in that press conference, it was jokes. You'll know exactly what we're talking about, man. It was funny. Uh, it was cringy. And most importantly, it was fucking entertaining. I'm telling you, it was jokes. David, I came to bring the pain. Big up method man of BoxingWriter.co.uk is with us to go through it. What up, D-Pain? Really good. Good to hear from you again. Good to have you on Chicken and Beer. As always, we love your professional boxing opinion. Before we start, tell me, you, you, did you see the whole press conference with David Hay and Tony Bellew? I saw the whole press conference with Tony, uh, David Hay and Tony Bellew, yes. And I've seen more of the same again today with Chisora and White. That was mad on Sky Sports, wasn't it? They had to cancel the filming, didn't they? From the coverage I've seen... Um, Derek ended up throwing one of the tables at Dylan White. Yes, it all went mental. Yes. Good old Derek, always be relied upon. <laughs> That's going to be a great fight, which will be settled by the time this episode's out. But looking ahead to next year, obviously, after Tony Bellew was talking all that shit to David Hay at ringside when he just won his last match, it had to happen, and it's happening on the on March the fourth uh, at, at the O2. Given all the hype and everything we've seen so far, even before, even before they were going to fight, do you think this is going to be one of the greatest British bouts ever? No, 
Oh, <laughs> come on, man! What do you think? Do you think because because that, that, that ruined your whole trajectory? That did, didn't it? That it ruined, did. That ruined your flow. Uh, Is it because Tony's going to have to step up a weight class? You think that's going to let it down? It's, it's going to be David Hay all the way. Look, mate, it's 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 got some intangibles, but ultimately, a good big guy beats a good small guy, and David Hay should hmm. knock him out in quick fashion. I would think. But by the time it comes around, um, there's going to be a lot of energy about this fight, a lot of in, a lot of mainstream interest. David Hayes is a big name in the heavyweight scene, for whether he's earned it in the last few years or not. And uh, Tony Bellew is a credible WBC cruiserweight champion mm. who fights at 200 pounds. Um, you know, in the old days, this would not have been um, a massive difference in in, in, the, in the way that it is now. He's got to put 15 pounds on. Is that quite difficult to do? Well, does he? I think Tony kind of walks around at this kind of weight. A 200 pounds suits him. And as David Hay mentioned in the, in the very acrimonious press conference, <laughs> there was no stipulations placed on him, no request for him to cut weight to get down to something to sort of to even the match up a little. So he could come in as high as 235. I mean, that could be, could be two stone difference. I don't think he will, hmm. but... You know, he has been heavier on his current comeback. Since he's been back, he's he's put all that extra weight on, hasn't he? And he, and he wasn't fighting like that when he was sort of in his prime, was he? No, well, I think that's been informed by the injuries. Injuries, experience, man weight, layoffs, they've mm. all contributed. Um, but I think the kind of strategic um, narrative to that is that they felt he was more injury prone because he was stripped too bare he was fighting at too low body fat his body was more vulnerable um, pre-fight in long camps so instead of trying to be a body beautiful just try and be a bit more of a natural weight um, so I think that's been part of it but obviously inactivity informs that too but I anticipate he'll come in probably a little lighter than those last two fights because he will prepare for a um, tougher fight than yeah. those two big heavy guys gave him. Well, this will be his toughest fight, I suppose, since his comeback. What, what do you think, if you take the boxing out of it, which obviously is quite hard, what do you think the public, uh, who do you think they're going to back? Because David Hay, if anything, has just kind of been taking all of the verbal abuse that Tony Bellew has been throwing at him. Tony Bellew is... You know, he's cussing him about bloody hair, um, hanging out in nightclubs, being on I'm a Celebrity, trying to get into Hollywood. And obviously, Tony, I, I've got a soft spot for Tony Bellew because I really enjoyed his performance in Creed. <laughs> you are false, Creed. You are false, Creed. He did a really good performance. I mean, he didn't have much to do. He played himself, I get that. But it, it was good. I think i got to say, I mean, I, I'm sometimes torn about all this stuff. We talked about this last year. I forget the fight that we were talking about. But it's kind of... Um, on the one hand, I'm a bit of a purist and a traditionalist, and it should all be, all be done with a handshake and a bit more Henry Cooper about it all. But on the other hand, I was brought to tears by Klitschko, the ultimate professional. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a bit torn. And I must say that these two guys do have an original line in some of their um, put-downs for each other. Clearly, he got under Hayes' skin mm. uh, in respect at the press conference with regards to being skinned and you know, he spent all the money and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, by the same token, Hay got under everybody's skin, got under Eddie Hearn's skin. So it was, <laughs> it was a genuine and an original needle, which was yeah. fun. Eddie Hearn's going to love it, love it, obviously, if Tony Bellew wins. But I'm sure if, he, if he's got, if he's following his head and not his heart, he should probably know that Hay's going to win as well. Yes, but as I say, the intangibles we were referring to earlier is David Hay, Bellew is right, has not been in a tough 
I really want to get through this kind of a fight for a long time. Um, and when he was had the big challenge, had the big moment against Klitschko, he chose to box on the outside and lose a decision. And I think he chose that path from an early point in the fight. He's not physically had to dig deep and put it all out there in the way that Bellew has. And Bellew has proven that. You know, he's he's come through. He's he's fought some tough fights of late. Mm. Um, but it is boxing, as they all, as they all, another cliche, is all about levels. So you've got the big man always beats the small man yeah. and about levels. And David Hay technically is a level above Tony Bellew for all Bellew's currency as a cruiserweight champion. He is not a Van der Holyfield, uh, you know, of someone of that ilk. So you're, you're, you're saying, obviously, Hay to win quite early as well. I'm sure we'll talk about it more before it happens. It's still a few months away, and I'm sure there'll be many twists and turns. Um, I want a couple of quick words on just two other things before you go. So firstly, um, I'm not sure how much you know. A uh, quick word on Conor McGregor getting his boxing license in California. Is is that something that we think, oh, shit, this, this Mayweather fight's going to happen, or is it just uh, just sort of smoke and mirrors and things? Uh, the whole UFC MMA thing, Pass me by. Maybe I'm a generation too old for it. It never, it never appealed to me. It, 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 the only time it was exciting is when they were standing up trying to punch, and that was the only time you ever saw kind of concussive punches, actual mm. drama. I'm not dis, not um, dismissing the technical ability, the cu- courage that goes on once they get on the floor. But when they're on the floor, it just looks like too many underpants to me, and that's not my thing. But I have to say, Conor McGregor is magnetic. You, and I ha- will put my hand up and say, I have watched his press conferences. I have watched his fights. I have done the YouTube highlights reel. Conor McGregor is a magnet. And I will follow with interest if he does take up the boxing as the license he's now sought out and got. Mm. Whether it leads him into a ring with Mayweather, I personally don't think Mayweather's going to come back for that fight. Yeah, it seems like a bigger deal for McGregor than I think for Mayweather. Yeah, I can't see that Mayweather is going to risk anything of his stature on just a fluke chance that McGregor can knock him out, which mm. I don't think would happen for a second, but maybe that one second could happen. Yeah, yeah, there's always the, the puncher's chance, isn't there? So, I mean, that's boxing. Anyone uh, can... So unless McGregor earns Mayweather, say, double the money you'd get from fighting Pacquiao again, mm. I can't, I really can't see it happening. Um, but there you are. Never, you say never in boxing. Yeah. And very quickly, Joshua versus Klitschko. I heard there was a date. Was that true? Or are they just still banging it about April the 20-something? Well, April 29th, I think Eddie Hearn mentioned that um, over the last couple of days, which was roughly what they were saying when they didn't get the um, December 10th date. But mm. there was also a kind of throwaway comment about, I don't think anyone would begrudge uh, Joshua another couple of fights, which, inclusive of this one, would suggest another one mm-hmm. and I know there are some voices out there uh, Steve Bunce being one that when this fight didn't come off for the 10th of December kind of intimated that they felt ultimately in the end it would land in the summer um, and there was no football no distractions they could yeah. do a big stadium do and you know and it could all work out but so I think spring summer it will happen and it will happen next year unless one of them loses in the meantime mm, that's going to be the big one of next year isn't oh, it? That, that that's 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 proper that's it's still, proper. It's still as, I, as i keep bringing you back to it's still 
not the main man. Tyson Fury, still the main man. Well, we'll see what happens with him. It could be his, you know, he could come back in 2017. We never know. David, thank you very much, man. Where, where can we catch all of your work and everything that you're doing at the moment? Well, you keep up with me on Twitter as always, the boxing writer. And as I mentioned last time out, I'm starting to appear now at BritishBoxers.co.uk. Good site. Focused on British, but there's a bit of other stuff there. So catch me in some of my articles there. Brilliant, David. Thank you very much. Good man. Catch you next time. All right, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we would see if we could catch up with Nish, see how he is, considering he's ill and all of that. What up, G? Yes, my main man, my wing man. How you doing? Yeah, all right, man. What, what, what's going on with you? What, what exactly have you caught? Because we only had a brief conversation about why you couldn't make it today. And when you told me, I was like, look, firstly, I don't want you cooking chicken and me eating it because I don't want to catch that shit. And also... <laughs> The, the, my studio is small the chicken shack is not that big and we would be we'd be too close to each other so how bad is it man you know this, well the thing is is that the risk is high enough that if you and me are in a confined space uh, for the period of time that we usually are when we record this awesome podcast that uh, it's more than likely you know it's you're, mm-hmm. you're gonna get it it's quite contagious and all that kind of thing and because you're on full engines and you've got full fitness the last thing i want is you know for you to do uh, get it as well and then you were on half engines again and you know feel ill and achy and all that kind of nonsense especially in the festive season man i got christmas parties and or, and office lunches and stuff to go to man that's it you're a busy man you're a, you're a high profile figure so uh, the last thing we want is for you to then not be at your your full strength i want to tell you about something which is uh, something i saw this week right footy on social media which has really pissed me off but before we do a yeah. couple of uh, bits of housekeeping i'll do with you i suppose real quick black sheet brewery i got the blitzen ruby christmas ale today Good man, good man. You picked out the ale and you've got the one which is representative <laughs> of the current festive period. So how are you finding it? Uh, it's different. It's different. Um, not really, even though it's got the orange peel, it says it was going to be like real sweet. Um, it's not really sweet. It, it's a, it's quite bitter. I don't know if that's an ale thing because I don't really drink that much ale. But it's all yeah. right, man. It's Christmas. I'm going to drink it. Uh, with the pasta, I kind of like, because you know the wife and kids, I normally skip dinner and we eat dinner together when we do mm. the, the podcast. So I just had what they had, threw some chicken in, had so just some, some tomato pasta for the kids, threw the ch- chicken in there, piri-piri, make it a little bit hotter. Not too hot, though. Uh, threw some sweet corn in there, some onions. So I've yes. got that rolling, rolling in the background. Not to your standard, but actually I shouldn't say that because... Uh, the wife cooked it, so <laughs> I just realised what I said there. But to be fair, she doesn't listen. So I could be like, yo, woman, or you're cooking shit. And she's never going to know. Honestly, she's never going to know because she doesn't that's listen true. anyway. So that's cool. Um, one more thing as well before I do this social media thing with you. Um, I do always big it up here because every time we record, we tend to be playing on Leicester's Champion League day. And I'm always butting in going, this is happening, that's happening, because normally we're winning. So I think it's only right to mention uh, that we're currently losing 2-0 because I think if I can can big them up all the time, I've got to bring them down as well, right? I got right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I haven't been abreast of it. So who are they playing tonight? Porto. We're through anyway as as group winners. And we've made 10 changes, so it just goes to show that we're resting uh, some players. I mean, to be honest, I thought we were resting in the Premier League because uh, all the games are shit there. And I thought we were playing for the Champions League. But, you know, 10, 10 changes, 2-0 down. Uh, I don't really like that sort of stuff. I would have liked to have finished on a high. But even though we're through as top, you know, it, it's fine, man. It's fine. But anyway, listen, check this out, man. 
You know um, BT Sport, right? So yes. they got this. They, you know, at the start of the season, they had this uh, goals recreated campaign, which they've got yes. going on. You've seen it, right? I have. So you've got lots of top goals from big games. It could be Premier League. It could be FA Cup and stuff like that. Recreated on the training ground with some big names. So I think I've seen. I saw Milner, uh, James Milner of Liverpool, do that that Zola. FA Cup goal where he did the like the back heel flick from a corner that was put into him. Um, I've seen that Deli Alley goal that he scored. I think it was a couple of seasons ago where he just sort of uh, uh, dinked it over his head, turned around, bang into the bottom corner. You, you've seen them all, haven't you? Yeah, the good one was the uh, Thierry Henry, um, which was mimicked by was it Santi Cazola? Yes, yes, yeah, against Man U where where he knocked it up with his back to goal and turned around and boots it in. Yeah. That's the one you got it, yeah. Now, there is something about that. You'll notice they get four opportunities to score a goal. And by the fourth, they've always done it, right? Yes. Do you think that's real? Oh, do you know what? I am led to believe, I think personally, they've kind of like gone through the motions and then when they've switched the camera on, I think they've actually gone a bit harder inside so that, you know, it proper looks like they've gone in full force. But I think you're... You've, you've actually touched on a point there. I don't think that they've done it fresh when the camera comes on. I think they may have had a little cheeky practice beforehand, you know, Jazz. So I think they take about 10, 15 shots. I think they edit it together so it happens in four. And to be honest, I don't care because I think it's just a bit of fun and I get it and you watch it and you think, yeah, shit, that's good. And, and that's the end of it. I don't care. Now, I'm getting pissed off, right, with all these fucking, <laughs> all this bloody keyboard karate kung fu motherfuckers putting all the, <laughs> all the comments down saying, well, obviously you can score us in training and stuff like that. And the worst thing they seem to whinge about is the keeper. Because what happens is every time they recreate the goal, the keeper doesn't just sort of flops down on the floor, doesn't really try to yeah. save it. And they're like, the keeper should try and save it. The keeper should try and save it. Shut the fuck up. It's a recreation. When it happened the first time, it went in the goal. Yes. Why would the keeper try to save it? Yeah, yeah, no, I completely understand. At the same time, though, I think that the pressure's not there, the situation's not there, but you did say it is a bit of fun. So in the light of it being a bit of fun, then maybe everything is kind of taken down a gear or two because it's just the kind of skill initially to see, can you pull this off or not? I tell you what, man, it got flipped this week. Have you seen the new one? No. Mesut Ozil of Arsenal, he tries Daniel Sturridge, right, when it was the, was it your last last season when they were in the Europa League final, Liverpool? And uh, they lost 3-1, didn't they? Uh, I think it was to Benfica. Um, right. He scored left-footed just inside the area, left foot outside of the boot. boot. Real nice goal, yeah? So Ozil, yeah. Ozil had to try that. Believe it or not, in four attempts, he doesn't get it. So this is the oh. first this is the first video where he doesn't get it. And you think and I watched it I thought, "Oh, I'm a little disappointed because he didn't get it." But fair enough, I guess they don't all go in, you know. Then yep. I look I look at the comments and now people are still complaining. They're like well, obviously the keeper saved it. He knew where he was going. He knows where the shot's going to go, so obviously he's going to save it. Right. Come on. You can't win with these fuckers. First, you're whinging about it being all fake and everything. Now the keeper actually saves it and you're saying, well, obviously he's going to save it. He knows where it's going to go. Fuck, you know, you can't win, can you? No, no. I mean, when I first saw it, I just thought to myself, you know what? In the situation of uh, the actual goal when it happened, you got the pressure, you got the action of the game going on and, you know, loads of different adrenaline running through the body. And now with what you've just said, as in it's a bit of fun, then yes. you think, OK, look, man, just go through the motions and basically, you know, just do your little thing and see if you can just pull off the skill, see if you can do that. And now people are still moaning about 
the fact that it's fun and they're moaning at the keeper as well. Footy on social media or sport as a whole really fucks me off, man, especially with the clickbait journalism. Now, I came across the worst one. I fucking wanted to scream when I saw this, right? <laughs> so I've got it in front of me. It's from it's from a I don't even want to say the bloody the 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 uh, the Twitter account because I don't I feel like they don't deserve it, yeah? Yes. But, yes. So it says breaking Jamie Vardy the latest player to be accused of sexual abuse. This is outrageous. Can't even spell outrageous properly. Picture of Vardy. So let me repeat that. Jamie Vardy, the latest player to be accused of sexual abuse. Okay. Right. Bit risky. And the headline, you click the link, Leicester City striker Jamie Vardy speaks out on sexual abuse allegation, saying it's sickening to know. Oh what the fuck? God. Talk about misleading. They are trying to say, you know, obviously with all these sexual abuse allegations, they're like, let's find a high, real high, high profile player. I mean, Letizia's come out today. He's like, the I highest. saw that. But, but, but with he the said, naked it, massage. He, yeah, but he said it never happened to him. He said he, he's seen that. So he's the sort of highest profile player I know talking about it they're trying to make out the vibe that's come on man that's bullshit i hate this click clickbait bullshit and you know what on twitter you can always check underneath there's always someone who'll say saved you a click and just tell you what it says do you know what i mean you know what it's called they they think it's journalism they call it fucking journalism because all they're doing is churning out shit bullshit yeah turning it turning it just churning that shit out do you know what i mean i'm with you man it is an absolute load of tosh you know about the inverted pyramid in journalism right you know you have a pyramid the points at the top Yes. So with the inverted one, the points at the bottom, okay? Yes. The top is full of the main parts of the story. Who, when, why, where, all of that shit. The main parts. As you go down, you get to the less important details. All the stuff which doesn't matter. All the background shit. These motherfuckers give you four or five paragraphs before they even get to the story because they want your eyes on the page because they get that money. They get in that cachet that way. Do you know what I mean? That cachet, you've got it, yeah. It's bullshit. And on that note, can I just say, Sal, yes. who we're getting up next, has just WhatsApped me. So it's time for your ass to go. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, man, thanks for uh, taking time out just to shout out anyway. And can I just say, as it's the last episode of the year, uh, we're going to take a two-episode break. I was going to open that Lefe with you today, but I've left it. We'll have it as the first one back. But a big shout. I'll be shouting out to every single guest that we've yes. had so far. And a shout out to you as well for all of the chicken all of the beer, all the cooking, all of that good shit as well that you've done for Chicken and Beer this year as well, man. It's much appreciated, man. You know, you kept me fed and you kept me, I wouldn't say drunk, but uh, you kept you kept the beer belly up for me, if you know what I mean. Kept you kept you on a li- just on a little tingle buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave me a little buzz, man. Listen, thanks a lot, man. Anytime, man. Anytime. Uh, big respect to you, of course. Always the brother who I work with as my wingman. All right, go to back to bed now, you pussy. <laughs> Right, as it's the last episode of this year, we had to get our homie Sal Meter of Sport Eagle TV on. He has been our go-to guy for anything NBA and a bit of NFL, actually, this year. So we thought we'd get it back. Those sports, right, NFL and NBA, are massive at Christmas time in America. It's not like here uh, where we get our Premier League, but we get it on Boxing Day. They go mad for it on Christmas Day specifically. They go out, they enjoy it, they have their fun, and all of that sort of good stuff. So Sal 
is with us now. What up, Sal? What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy holidays to you, man. Yeah, man. We're getting in the spirit already. By the time this yeah. episode comes out, I am going to be, uh, I would have had my first, it would be my office party, my office Christmas party. Have you been to any Christmas parties yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm ready for the eggnog. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, that in Germany, uh, you first start off. I mean, they really start celebrating with the uh, with the Advent, and you know, everyone gets the Advent calendar. The Christmas market season starts. Mm. Germans celebrate Christmas Eve, and then, of course, in the Americans, Christmas Day, and yeah. then, as you said, Boxing Day. I mean, it's just like one month of just chocolate, gifts, and and drinking and booze, man. <laughs> yeah. So NBA, man, uh, what's what's yeah. been what's been going on before we look ahead to like uh, Christmas and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, just, just recent things, man. Um, Clay, man, uh, sixty Ooh. points in three quarters. When you watch the Splash Brothers, those guys shoot like how I dream about. And if you follow the NBA, when Steph Curry does what he does, and now of course Clay Thompson, yeah, I'm not surprised anymore. Of course, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But I'm thinking about, man, we expected that. And you know, I got to speak to Clay Thompson a couple of years ago. Great guy, nice guy, down to earth. Of course, he comes from a, you know, his father played NBA basketball, Mike, uh, Michael Thompson, and he played with Magic. And so he was around all that. Same with uh, Steph Curry. So not surprising those two are like that. But Clay, grounded guy, and, and the fact that he didn't play the fourth quarter, 60 points. I know, that's madness. You would think crazy. 60 points over four quarters would be good enough. But over three, yeah. fucking hell. Uh, unbelievable, yeah. And, and, and it's good too because, you know, there, he was on the, people are saying, okay, there's not enough space on Golden State to have four you know, four stars. Um, Steph Curry, they, you know, we, we talked about them getting uh, Kevin Durant, and everyone talked about Draymond Green, how important he is because the way they lost the series because he was suspended. Okay, so he was a, but Clay was expendable. Mm. I don't think so. I think anytime someone doesn't have the hot hand, it's good to know that you have a Durant backing that person up, or in this case, Clay Thompson. So, man, Golden State really righted the ship. They're not going to go um, 73 and, and, and 9. But they're going to be a dangerous team as we go through the season. Yeah, because they're going to want revenge on last year, obviously. Right. Oh, big time. Christmas time in the NBA. Yeah. It's always a big, big thing, isn't it? Yeah. No, no. I mean, you're right about the American sports calendar. I mean, you have the end of college football. We have what's called the bowl season. Um, you have the NFL finishing their season. We got, you know, three, four weeks of, of big games going on. I think the, the NFL will be playing on Christmas Eve. Mm. That's how big it is. The NFL is like the Premier League. No one's going to mess with when the Premier League's on, it's on. No, nothing else is going to be on. In America, it's become a tradition where the NBA plays their slate of Christmas Day games. Mm. And even so, it's become a marketer's dream. Um, you'll see the teams release. I don't know if I've seen them yet, but I'm pretty sure it's already out. It, uh, you know, the teams playing on that day will, play, will wear special unis, uh, special kits. And of course, those are like Christmas Day stuff. So people wake up, they open their presents, and then they watch the NBA the whole day. Oh, yeah. They either go into the games as well, which I think, you, yeah. you like I said, because you don't get that here with football. I reckon that's a fun day on Christmas, isn't it, man? To yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, watch the, the game. And they're the sold out. They're sold yeah. out. It's not yeah. like oh, people yeah, are at home. The, the, Think about the stocking stuffer. You wake up and, and, and all of a sudden you see a pair of tickets to your favorite team in, in those Shit. cities that they're playing in. Yeah. You know, you're going. And you know, and then that's and, and I think that also has something to do with it. But also if families are around together, they get to watch their games on television. So Yeah, what's what's your pick of the games on Christmas Day, man? Actually all the games. I mean, you know, and we we're talking about you know, the first game is Boston at New York. So it's Woo! gonna be around five PM UK time. That's that um, is me versus 
you. Exactly. And me so, and, and you know, and you, you know, you guys were laughing at me about the Knicks. Um, <laughs> They're looking um, good, man. Uh, They're looking good. Derrick Rose came good after all of that court case and everything. He's come back strong, man. Yeah. I mean, and we knew we knew Christoph Porzingis would be great. Oh, he's, uh, we knew he's we knew else. Derek Rose when healthy would be great. I think he has some back spasms um, uh, the last time he played, but the, but the Knicks won. But Brandon Jennings, this guy left after high school, played in Europe first, and now he's playing in the NBA. So the team, and of course Carmelo, you can't forget about Carmelo Anthony. You know, he's their guy who makes the game-winning shots. And the cool thing is that um, the day we're recording, Boston and New York are in second place and third place, or mm. tied for second place mm. in the Atlantic Division. So not only is this a traditional rivalry, Boston, the Celtics versus the Knicks, they're playing at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, and that's the first game, the kickoff Christmas. So I'm definitely watching that one for sure on Christmas night. Let's see if Brandon Jennings can pull off that little trick shot that he did yeah. uh, the other day from the halfway line. I saw it yeah. and I thought, wait a second, he's, he's, he scored a three-pointer. He was just almost past the halfway line. And I thought, why has he done that? Because it was nine minutes on the clock and there was like 20 seconds on the shot clock. I was like, what was the rush? He got it in though, man. Did you see that shot? Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, like I said, he's playing well. The Knicks are playing well. And like I said, traditional rivalry. That's the game you want to see on Christmas. But then the game after that, mm. Warriors... At Cleveland. Oh, they 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 selected these games specifically. Oh no 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 no! It, it, people look at who you playing opening night, yeah, and who you playing on Christmas Day. So in August, Ooh. when the schedule comes out, or in the summer, they look at those two games: who are you playing opening night, and who are you playing on Christmas Day. And obviously, for ratings, for revenge, um, for <laughs> whatever you want to call it, Golden State at Cleveland. Everything we talked about: Clay Thompson. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, uh, Revenge from the Finals. This is the marquee game after the Knicks um, and and Celtics. At the time of recording, right, Cleveland, I think, have lost three straight. Okay. Call it, man. What's going to happen on Christmas Day? Well, the fact that the Golden State has found their wheels, you know it's LeBron James, and, and we <laughs> saw what he can do. You know, speaking uh, to Timofey Mozgov, who won with LeBron, mm. and now he's playing for the Lakers. And we'll talk about the Lakers in a second. LeBron can do everything, and just give him the the game. And he only had to do was win three games. He was able to win game by game by game and win the series. So you, you know, put your money on it. He will be ready for that, and that will be. And it's in Cleveland. He's not going to lose that game. He ain't going to go out like that big up to Cypress Hill. What about the Lakers then, man? Before the nightcap, it's Minnesota at Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, the two middle games, you're, um, the Bulls at San Antonio. San Antonio's playing well. I, I thought that they would not, um, you know, they're, they're, they're to me the surprise team because after Tim Duncan left. And then Oklahoma City, at the time of recording, man, Russell Westbrook, man, Mr. Triple-Double. I wish oh. I wish uh, Nish was here, man, because we were talking about triple-doubles. The guy's made six triple-doubles in a row. He could potentially, by the end of the season, be be a player to average a triple-double every yeah, game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But the guy has something to prove. He wants to prove that he can win without Kevin Durant. It's his team. But I'm kind of scared that he's going to break down because he needs to score a triple-double just for Oklahoma City to mm. win games, yeah, and right yeah. now Oklahoma City, um, they're in the top of their of their division, uh, barely. But um, you know, it, they're doing a good job there. So unfortunately, their um, their opponents, Chicago and Minnesota, Minnesota especially, who I thought would be a surprise dark horse team, they're very young. Um, they're in last place um, in, in that division. So Minnesota, Oklahoma City. So those are the you know those are the games that if you're going to go to the pub, have a couple of pints on Christmas Eve or Christmas night, go and do that. When you come back, mm. you got the Clippers. 
at Los Angeles. I mean, I guess it's Clippers versus the Lakers. Yeah. In the same, they play in the same arena. They do so Staples Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a question of, um, you know, what 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 color is the court and what color is the um uh, the banners. And so in this case, it's going to be the purple and gold. Yeah. So the Clippers, um, um, they're playing well, and the Lakers, even though they don't have a winning record. Much better than last year. And Luke Walton, who was their uh, was a Golden State Warriors coach at the beginning of their record-breaking season, um, he has made it fun again for the Laker fans to make them believe again. And the Clippers are are considered one, um, you know, contend. They won't win the Pacific against Golden State, but you get them in the playoffs if they're strong, if they're healthy. As you, we talked about Doc Rivers before, this is a team that can be dangerous, and that's a great nightcap when you come back from the pub on Christmas night. I think when the kids are in bed, man, that's what I'm going to be doing on Christmas Day, man. Catching up on all of these games is going to be big. Sal, listen, man, thank you very much for clearing all of that up for us. Uh, Before you go, tell us, where where can we find your work online, man? What are you up to? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Sal underscore Sport Eagle and then at Sport Eagle TV covering European basketball, German basketball. I try to, fo- you know, try to follow and speak to players. Like I mentioned, Tim- Timofey yeah. Moskov, um, his, you know, his role in playing for Russia and in switching teams. I think they're all interesting conversations. Um, I love doing that. I love the game of basketball. And of course, um, all sports around Europe. I-, I give my comments on that. So, do you know, do listen in, do chime in. Wicked man, thank you. Have a good Christmas and all of that and speak to you soon, bro. Yeah, happy Christmas. All right, I made it to the end, man. Pretty good show, man. I quite enjoyed that today, actually, without Nish. But y- you know what I'm saying. I'm saying it was it was different, man. It was it, it was fun, man. Another great episode. Uh, big up to our guest, Sal Mito of Sport Eagle TV, uh, who you just heard, and the boxing writer, David Payne, as well, for his take on what I think is going to be a massive fight next year, David Hay versus Tony Bellew. And he, on the other hand, thinks it's not going to be good. But hey, at the end of the day, he's the expert, isn't he? Who are we to question the great boxing writer's knowledge, hey? Right, before we <laughs> look into the, uh, the the chicken that I quickly uh, sort of put together uh, for this episode when I found out that Nish was not going to be joining us, let's check out some leftovers. These are some of the stories we didn't get a chance to discuss today, so I'm going to just go through them now. So firstly, with the Olympics going to be in Tokyo in 2020, is it 2020 the next one? Yeah, it is. Uh, so cheerleading and Mai Tai have been granted provisional recognition as Olympic sports. No joke. So what's going to happen is these two sports are going to receive uh, about £20,000, about $25,000 uh, in funding from the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. Um Apparently, cheerleading is growing as a sport. Um, I never even realized it was a sport. Apparently, the sort of cheerleading they're talking about is not that shit that you get at, like, all the American sports where they've got their pom-poms. Give me an A. Woo, give me an S. Woo, give me another S. Woo, it spells ass. It's not anything like that. It's totally, it's more like gymnastics, apparently. So it's a bit more, it's called competitive cheerleading or all-star cheerleading. Um, And it's kind of like, um, so gymnastics, dancing stunts which i imagine is kind of kind of like gymnastics i suppose more like flips you know there's pyramids they do as well don't get me wrong i'm not saying that's easy i'm not saying cheerleading is something that anyone can just pick up it just seems like just the word cheerleading i got a gold medal in the olympics for cheerleading sounds a bit bullshit but the Mai Tai fair enough man get it in there they put karate in there actually for the next uh, Olympics which I was surprised wasn't in it 
before. I always thought karate was in it, but uh, I guess not. But um, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoy the gymnastics. In the Olympics, I enjoy the gymnastics. I'd probably give this cheerleading a try. I think I'd probably laugh at it, and I just probably don't think I'd watch it again. Yeah, onto another leftover then. So Novak Djokovic split with his coach of three years, Boris Becker. They've been together for three years. It's been like one of the worst kept secrets, I think, uh, in tennis. He's, he's kind of, he's kind of been alluding to it since November that he is going to sort of part ways, go a different way. Uh, I'm not an expert in tennis, but they say traditionally this time of year, the holiday season is when they do break up with their uh, coaches and things like that to start afresh for the new season, which is not exactly in the spirit uh, of Christmas, is it? To, to, to be saying, all right, I've had enough of you. Don't think you've done very well. Fuck off now, I'm going to another coach. Uh, finally, the last leftover, the FA is set to announce, okay, a lucrative deal with the England uh, football team and Nike. Now, Nike have already been making England's football kit for... Uh, a couple of years, something like that. So it used to be Umbro for ages and Nike took over. Uh, I used to get really excited when the kits would come out and I'd be like, wow, you know, they look cool. This one's great. I'd get, I'd get the odd one every now and then. I wouldn't get them all. But I think the way England play, I could not give less of a shit right now about their kits, to be honest. It's interesting because in this new deal that Nike have got, which is set to be worth 400 million pounds over 12 years, I think to a certain extent, they are a bit worried and don't give a shit either because what they've done is for the first time i think in like a footballing kit deal sponsorships uh, contract they've got clauses in there they've got clauses in there saying if england don't make it to i think the 2020 euros or the 2022 world cup in qatar then they want some of their money back I suppose they want their England kit to be shown to the whole world, don't they? And in order for that to happen, England actually need to get to the bloody tournament in the first place. But, you know, when you're sponsoring your, your Spains and your Brazils, you don't need those clauses in there because you know they're going to get far in tournaments. But no, not us. We get knocked out 2-1 to Iceland. Right, I think this is the first occasion I've still got some beer left. It's gone a bit warm and it's gone a bit flat now. Because quite frankly, I can't say I was a massive fan. Maybe it's just fake because Nish was ill and not here today. I didn't enjoy the beer. I had from the Black Sheep Brewery, Blitzen Ruby Christmas Ale. Blitzen, one of the lesser known reindeers behind Rudolph. Everybody knows Rudolph. Nobody knows. I was going to kind of say he's like the Scotty Pippen, yeah, to uh, to uh, Rudolph's Michael Jordan. But let's be honest, Blitzen is not even Scotty Pippen level, okay? We ain't going out like that. We can't say Scotty Pippen is like Blitzen. No way. It's a totally different game. Um, so it, it's ale. I, I guess I don't really fuck with ale normally. I normally have beer, so... Um, so, so it's always, you know, it's always a first time for everything, isn't there? I didn't finish all of it, and uh, we're at the end of the podcast now, so I don't think I'm going to bother with it anymore. My peri-peri uh, chicken pasta, which I had to throw together myself at the last minute, via my wife, of course, uh, because Nish was unable to cook. I had made it clear to him when he said I was ill. I was like, don't, I don't want you to cook any food or me to collect or anything like that because I don't want your germ, lurgy, infested chicken in my grill. And then, obviously, I told him don't come to the studio, all of that, because I don't need that right now over the Christmas period, man. Um, I need to, need to stay sharp, need to stay focused because of all of that turkey, all of that food, 
all of that, all of that booze. So you need to stay fresh, obviously. So the pasta was good, man. It was, like I said, it was something I just threw together. I had a bit of spice with peri-peri chicken in it. You know, I don't like things too spicy. So it's kind of your, your mid-level spice, your mid-level spice. I'm not even going to rate it on our hit or miss scale. No way. Uh, I can't remember what we threw and the chicken dice in the last episode, but whatever it was, I'll go back and uh, I'll, I'll double check. I'll listen to the last episode. We'll roll that over into the new year. Okay. Uh, we are taking a, a two episode break so we can just sort of catch our breath over Christmas uh, and New Year's as well, get our chill on a little bit, just put our feet up, uh, and we'll be back in the new year. The Towards the end of January, I'd say, I think 20th of January is when we'll be back with a fresh new episode. And maybe we will open that bottle of Lefe, which is sitting, the white beer, which is sitting in my fridge right now. It's a slightly larger bottle, so it'll work for the two of us. I've got these pewter tankers as well, which are great, man. I got them on holiday in Malaysia. They're made of pewter. If you put tea in or something hot, it will keep it at that temperature for 45 minutes. Same for when you have something cold. Okay, so for the duration of the recording, wait a second, we've been doing this all year. Why have we not been using those tankers anyway, instead of drinking out of the bottles and having warm beer? Oh, shit, that's going to be a New Year's resolution. Start drinking. Make a note of that. Start drinking from the pewter tankers. Right. Yeah, that's what we're going to do from now. We'll drink from the pewter tankers because at least if we can't keep the chicken warm, at least we can keep the beer cold. There's got to be some satisfaction in that, hasn't there? All right. Well, thank you for listening to Chicken and Beer. If you've been with us since April, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's been it's been a, it's been really fun. It's re- I'm, I'm saying it like it's the last episode ever. It's it's not like that. It's not that serious. We'll be just we'll just be back in the new year after a few weeks chill. Okay. Um, yeah, but. Thanks a lot for all of your support. You can continue us. We'll still be active on social media over that period as well. So you can follow us on Twitter at Chicken Beer Pod, or you can like our Facebook page uh, as well. We share some of the latest news stories, videos, photos, uh, any any jokes on there, sports jokes we can find. You know, we give our opinions on it. Uh, it's just generally a laugh, and we'll let you know what's going on in the show, uh, sort of the behind-the-scenes pictures and all that sort of good stuff as well. So at Chicken Beer Pod on Twitter, and you can like our Facebook page as well. Whatever you're doing over the holiday period, make sure first things first, you have lots of fun. Uh, Get your drink on, get your chicken on, beer on, whatever it is. If you don't like to drink or eat, enjoy whatever it is you do like doing. Uh, If you're spending time with your family, if you're still at work, if you're thinking fuck work and just chilling for a couple of weeks, watching lots of sport, watching films, whatever it is, man, seriously, this time of year, just chill, have fun, stay safe, all of that good shit. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, I know Nish isn't here, but I'm sure he's telepathically saying that to you in his head as well, just sending you his thoughts to say, you know what, have a great holiday season, whatever it is you're up to, enjoy it, have fun, uh, and don't even think about going back to work and all of that stuff in January just yet. We'll deal with that when we get to the other side, okay? So 20th of January, we're back then. Just chill until the next episode. 